Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? There are around 19,000 jewelry stores in operation in the United States that combine for over $30 billion in sales. One gem in this crazily competitive market is Simmons & Clark Jewelers on Broadway in Detroit, founded in 1925. My guest on this episode of Generation Excellence is Michael Simmons, third-generation owner-operator of Simmons & Clark. Just as jewelry makes a visual and lasting statement, Michael does a wonderful job helping visualize the past, future, and present of Simmons & Clark Jewelers. I enjoyed getting to know Michael and trust you'll enjoy his stories and fire for the business. Michael Simmons from Simmons and Clark Jewelers. Welcome to the Generation Excellence podcast. I'm so glad we finally have organized and gotten ourselves together here. Very much so. Yeah, looking forward to this and uh, really uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And and there this, this is a really special episode because while a lot of the businesses share at least the longevity of history and are even older in our company, there are some interconnected moments of our firms to our earliest days that are, are going to be really neat to, to visit and, and revisit. Uh, so I am going to ask you if you'd take us back to 1925 and Fred Simmons and Harry Clark and just talk about these gentlemen and how they came together to create a business, start a business, be entrepreneurs, be in the jewelry business, how you know it and continue to tell it this, uh, you know, almost 100 years later. Oh, fantastic. So actually, it is 100, 100 years uh, that my grandfather moved from Columbus, Ohio to Detroit. Okay. Um, his brother worked for Lazarus department stores. So they were always, their family was somehow all retail. His father was actually did non-parels. He brought them in from uh, Liverpool, England, where I guess they came from. And he became a candy salesman in the United States. And then it just, the everybody was always in retail. They've always done stuff like that. Okay. So my grandfather um, moved to Detroit 1920 because Henry Ford was paying that amazing $5 a day. Detroit was booming. And he applied for a job at another jeweler on Griswold in Detroit called Friedberg's. All right. When he was hired in, his partner was a guy named Harry Clark. So they worked and became best friends, worked together for five years. And they decided we're doing so great for Friedberg's. Why not do it on our own? And that's really all that happened. Detroit was still booming big time. Uh, They each borrowed $5,000, what they had earned or from family members, and uh, opened up Simmons & Clark on Broadway, which was termed the out of the high rent district. So we were a block (laughs) in Villar, we're one block east of Woodward. And uh, they opened up the store, small little space, and... uh, kind of never look back as it were. So originally we're next door to where we currently are for the first nine years. So from 1925 to 1934, we're what's now a parking lot of uh, 
Dan Gilbert's of Quicken Loans, his parking lot uh, used to be part of the Broadway uh, or the Madison Theater. Madison building there. Exactly. So in 34, they were still doing well, even though the depression had hit and Detroit Mm -hmm. was not as great, uh, but they were still doing well enough and decided to move to the building next door that became available. The auto supply store that was here went out of business. So they took over the building. We actually rented it for 50 years. And just, uh, so in 1984, we actually bought the building. Okay. Which which was kind of interesting. Um, And it was just two families coming together. They were not related at all, but they were best friends. They did everything together. They traveled together. Uh, Just really good people. Uh, So in 1966, Harry Clark passed away. Right. But by that time, my dad had already. I was going to ask back. that. How, how and when did your dad get involved in the so business? So he came in right after World War II. Okay. Uh, came in the business, but the second generation Clark ended up going to law school. Danny Clark is his name. Okay. Danny went to law school, opened up his own law firm, but Simmons and Clark was his first client. Uh-huh. So kept in the family. Family business tree, yeah. Exactly, for 50 plus years. And then when Danny recently, well, retired a couple of years ago, his son took over for a short period of time. So third generation of Clarks were our lawyers, but they were out of the business back. We had bought out their family back in 60s. But we were still very close. We were still going to family events, even though we weren't related. We just had a great, amazing relationship and don't normally see that with all partnerships, but we were outrageously lucky to have a great experience. What was, what is your, I mean, one of the things that's fun about this podcast and talking to people who, you know, are involved in businesses that have all that history and they themselves are kind of leading it in the current time. What's your earliest memory of Simmons and Clark Jewelers? Like, is it being brought in there as a young kid and doing some things is it uh, you know actually kind of the first dollar you earned? Like what what, what was what was that for you? Actually, how did our, our wages are supposed or to be free wage? How did how did you know that's what my dollar? It was a dollar for every Saturday I came in. Okay, no, no matter how many hours, whatever it was, a dollar a day. Yeah, I just actually still that I remember clearly. Like I, that was a ripoff, but <laughs> um, so six years old. I mean, I remember coming down here on a Saturday. Uh, we get here, uh, you know, I just kind of run around and, you know, be the horrible little kid. And, uh, but I, I loved it. I love coming downtown, downtown Detroit, no matter what period of time was always just fun for me to be around. I loved it, loved being in the city, uh, but I was six years old and I wanted to run the cash register because playing with money was fun, you know, playing Monopoly. I always loved that game. And that's the real so, register where the trade comes real, out and makes noises. Fun. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I remember that uh, I knew how to open up the door to the, uh, the, or the drawer to the cash register. And I got yelled at because I wasn't allowed to touch anything because our, our staff, our cashiers sure. were responsible for what was in there. So something was missing that was going to fall on me. So I, I, I remember that clearly, but Every Saturday, instead of playing with kids, whatever, I was always down here. It was just tons of fun. I still remember going to, it was called the Bonjo Grill. 
in what's now in the Opera House parking garage, right at the corner. Georgia was my uh, server, the the the, uh, the wait staff, and she'd always have a hamburger. Uh, order of onion rings, well done, and she'd always give me a free pack of uh, juicy fruit gum. Nice. I mean that was. That was my Saturday meal. I didn't have to order it. It was just there for me. So, I mean, great, fun memories. I mean, the idea that I still remember that is pretty cool. And so that's sick, age six. You're going through school. You go to college, I think, you know, right? University of Michigan student. Were you always going to go into this business? Were you going to do something else? I mean, what what was your, what what did your family think? What did you think? What was the path? Right. So I saw my grandfather worked till he was 94. My Great. dad worked till 93. And I'm going, okay, I can, I, I'd like to live that long and have a great life, you know, able to take, you know, great care of our family, still have some family time. I mean, you know, he's working six days a week. Um, but it, it gave them a beautiful lifestyle, uh, you know, very lucky spoiled but i appreciated being spoiled and i knew what i had Mm -hmm. but i also saw the hard work that went behind it and it it didn't frighten me but yeah i mean really from age six i've known this is what i always wanted to do i did go to law school for a number of years but i was expanding our locations so law school hours kept uh wasn't studying as much as i was supposed to do (laughs) uh so but i went to detroit college of law and that uh, was great. I'd leave here right after work. Uh, I joined actually the Detroit Athletic Club because I needed a place to have dinner in the mid 80s. There was nothing around us at that yeah. point. So I ended up Very joining the then. DAC and uh, I go run, have dinner there, and then run to law school, spend three hours there, four nights a week. And uh, but as I was expanding, opening up more stores, uh, it didn't quite work out, but I got a great education. Everything you do today in business, something to yeah, do with the law. Go on, go on that for a second. The, okay. the discipline of of law, the law in law school and that training. How, what, like, how, what's a way you've applied that as you've evolved Simmons and Clark? Think of anything you do. So, part of our business, we finance our own paper. Okay. We're one of the original credit jewelers in the country. It actually started in Detroit. People like Morris Ale came to Detroit to learn about it from Texas and uh, everything we do, you, you have a contract with a customer, whether it's verbal, an actual document, uh, you know, buying the building, any type of real estate where we're looking at leases, uh, we, you know, which I do have to credit uh, Norm Rosenfeld of Sibley Shoes, a great family friend. He's the one who sat me down, which actually got me even more motivated for law uh, explaining the leases, negotiating, and so on. So just another great family business. Um, but anything I do, whether somebody doesn't pay me, I know what to do in court. Somebody files bankruptcy, I know what to do in court. Uh, as soon as I sign a customer's check, accepting it for a payment on account, that's a contract. And it's also the mindset to look at both sides of what you're doing. Does this make sense for the company? Are we doing this properly? Are we taking care of our employees properly? It, it factors into everything I do. And it's, I love the thought process of it because you have, must look at both sides and make sure that we're doing right for us as well as for our clients, our guests, our customers. That's great. 
So, so yeah, that would, that's been a huge benefit to me, uh, just the thought process. And I had some great professors uh, at DCL. So it, it you've got that well. law degree and background yourself. You've got the Clark family that ended up going into that. But you also talk about these retail roots that you and your family have. And retail has changed through the whole almost 100 year history of your business, but e-commerce and other kind of things more of late. So as you look forward, because we'll come into some of the stuff that's going on right now, but as you look ahead for this business, especially as you get to, you know, that true celebrating that 100th milestone in 2025 and those kind of things, what, what, what's got you both excited and trepidation about the future and in the business? You know, I'm, I'm really not afraid of the future. I mean, that's the idea of being an entrepreneur. When we first started, you pivot, you move, you do Mm -hmm. what you need to do. Even if you make a mistake, learn from it, move on. I mean, if you dwell on those mistakes, you'll never get anywhere. And I don't think we'd be here after 96 years if we didn't. Uh, I'm really not sure of any huge mistakes other than we used to have the mall stores. We opened up mall stores, which went outrageously well. And as the, we saw the economy tanking, we also got rid of them quickly. Yes. So I was, yeah. I was willing to not, not having an ego is a great thing. Uh, at least my family will tell me I have an ego, but control I really Control over that ego. Yeah. Have control over, right? That's actually that. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I can understand if I have an issue that I need to correct, I correct it, hopefully for the benefit of everybody, benefit of myself, my family, my employees, my customers. So that's why I'm really not afraid of anything. Okay. Uh, we're, we're in a great position. Because we're small, we can pivot, move, make mm-hmm. changes much easier than most. Uh, you know, I'm here six days a week, sometimes seven we can make those changes that are necessary. So future, I'm definitely not afraid of. I feel very fortunate. We've been really lucky. Our customers are outrageously loyal. Uh, they refer people to us, which is even makes me feel even better. And then changes that are going on every day is a change. There's not, there's never the same day. At least I don't think there is, uh, you know, customer comes in, wants something, wants something customized. So, even though it might be the another customer coming in who wants something also customized, but it's still different or they have a different need. Their budget's different. They want something in platinum. This person wants something. There's always something different about everybody. That's so it makes it fun and interesting. That's an interesting point you make. I, I do these interviews and so caught up in business is changing. Technology is changing. Financial stuff. The customer is changing too. And oh. And how you flow with that. And your customer has been changing all the way through the history of this business. Right. It's, I mean, the internet has been great because it gives them, our clients, as well as me, more information on what's going on out there. Because I can't be everywhere, especially when COVID hit. I really could go visit my competitors to see what they're doing, which we would do frequently because I want to know what's going on if I don't know other things going on within my own market, uh, that becomes an issue. So, so from that homework and that research, is there something that you've instituted or, or that you've put in place to improve or to, to, you know, to, to test? Right. Well, not to, 
again, not ego wise, but I'm really happy where we are. I mean, okay. I, I really couldn't figure out a better way to improve on what I've seen out there, whether they're mall chain stores or other independent stores. I'm really pleased with where we are. Our staff is great. They've been, our sales staff has been here for 25 plus years. They know me. They know what I'm expecting of them uh, to treat. You know, a lot of people say I'm treat them like I would want to be treated. Well, that's, that is very true. We're not a hard sell here. We're not pushy. If I can help you, we'd absolutely love to. We'll make it fun. Great, great time doing it. We want to make sure she or he loves the gift. Uh, we'll do whatever we need to do. We're, you know, people pleasers, I guess is the best way to mm -hmm. put it. But all my staff believes the exact same way. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be here uh, at this point. So it, it's it's fun. I mean, it's a, it's a great time. Uh, everybody complains retail is hard. Well, yeah, it's hard. But if you love doing what you're doing, then what, it's not that big of a deal. And we try and do it. And that's and being downtown is also a huge plus for us. Yes, we lost a lot of customers, you know, to the burbs, but a lot are coming back. Some will only shop in downtown, which makes you feel even better that you stuck it out. But we didn't really stick it out. We've been successful for all these years. And uh, but we're uh, kind of getting back to the uh, internet and so on. They're much more informed. So we have to be on our toes. We have that's why we have to pivot and move and make changes. Uh, like one of the big things now are lab-grown diamonds. So I'm yep. really not in favor of them, but whatever my customer wants, I'm going to try and take care of them best possible, which we can. We have access uh, to all the big markets. So even though I'm a smaller jewelry store in downtown Detroit, we belong to a jeweler's buying group, which Got is it. one of Enter groups. So we they're the largest member-owned buying group in the country. They've been around since 1958. We we actually became members in 1971 and uh been members ever since. We have jewelers around the country, actually in Scotland and Vancouver, British Columbia, and about 39 states in the US. Um, and these are all family jeweler businesses just like me. Okay. Uh, some are credit-based. And we have access to everything because we buy in such huge quantity. We're like the third largest chain in the U.S. So therefore, even though I'm small, I have the buying power of a That's huge. Great. And that makes a huge difference, in the, at least in the jeweler industry. It helps us get better prices, access to more things. So as you, as, you know, representing the third generation in this business, is there, are there, uh, fourth generation family members involved in some way, looking to be involved in the future. You're planning or setting up for that. I, I should know, but I'll let you. Oh, no, that's fine. So I have two daughters. Uh, one is an architect. One works for an electronic medical records company. Okay. Uh, they're loving what they're doing now, but they're getting some great experience. Okay. Away. As I said, my grandfather worked till 94. My dad worked till 93. So I have another good 35 plus years in me. Because so <laughs> I, like, I like to say, you don't really have retirement role models. <laughs> exactly. I, it's just, that would not be my personality. I mean, I enjoy traveling. I enjoy playing golf, tennis, paddle, tennis, all those things. I enjoy all those things, but I have no reason to retire. It's it's okay. too enjoyable. It's fun. You're you're. I'm making engagement ring right. Actually, that earlier uh, just for the uh, call, 
I was doing it, working on engagement ring for one of my daughter's friends. That's nice. So now my daughter doesn't know this, but by the time, well, I'm not giving out names, so I'm still good. So I know the friend's going to get engaged, but she doesn't. But working to help my daughter's like good friend, there's nothing better. Yeah, and that's really sweet. That much fun. Makes you feel so great doing it and uh, that the kids like trust you and they feel confident in you because they're kind of a blind item to purchase. There, there's seriously nothing better than that. That's like the most amazing thing. So it's fun. Nice. It's a fun process. And, and especially with so, I mean, there's so much purchased or stuff now that is disposable or short-lived because you're also what you create and sell lasts, you know, has a long time. <laughs> right. And longer that, than the, no. Just longer than the, <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. I was going to say yeah. mostly happy events that these things are. Very much. So. Yeah. Well, that's the other part. Jewelry, we're usually only part of great events. We're only part of the good stuff, yeah. which is great. So, you know, friendship rings, engagement rings, wedding bands, anniversary bands, birthing gifts, you know, confirmations, whatever it is, it's all part of good stuff. So you, we are starting to, I don't know, just my age group, but we're starting to actually do some estate stuff as well okay. for, you know, because the, what people were wearing in the 60s, 70s, 80s really isn't worn these days, or it might be a little too fancy or too blingy and more things are becoming understated. Uh, so we're doing some estate stuff uh, for people as well. It's just trying to accommodate, take care of everybody best possible. In the business as a, a jeweler and, and selling and, you know, servicing, if you will, jewelry for customers for a long, long time, you've got within your company, I think you all refer to it as community spirit. So can you just talk a little bit about what I guess that's meant over the generations and and what all you do with that to because because it matters and because you care about it, but also I guess how it fits in with the business. Right. So I mean well different parts of the community. So we're very active with a number of charities that are in the city if you're looking at that community. Um, so a number of charities, we do a lot of work for businesses around us, as well as for a number of nonprofits. Um, so we're, we're active in that, supporting those communities. Actually, uh, just a plug for, uh, for Leonard Simons, there's an award that we actually produce for uh, children or for Detroit Medical Centers, the hospital. There's a Leonard Simons Award that we actually produce too. So for listeners, that's one of our agency founders who also was a jewelry designer himself and a creator of a creator of ad art for jewelers and some advertising for Simmons and Clark in the early days, right? Wow. I did not know that. Okay. I did not know. Yes, he was an amateur or in his mind, a professional jewelry designer. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Well, everybody's a professional. It's okay. That's fine. Um, so, and we're also we're part of a number of community-based organizations. So we're part of the Detroit Theater Business District Association, part of the Grand Circus Theater Business District Association, uh, just uh, part of uh, DDP or Detroit Economic Growth Corporation. So we're, we're on the corporate side as well as the like nonprofit charity side. So we try and be as active as possible uh, because it's, we're part of the community. 
might as well be active in the community as sure. well. And even through the Detroit Athletic Club uh, was part of the community outreach program uh, that we'd have a number of charity organizations come in, talk to us, make presentations, which end up leading to like a Salvation Army uh, clothing drive or for Focus Hope, Focus, uh, another clothing drive. So we're part of it. We want to be part of it. We want to give back to the community. So that's Are you yourself do. on boards of those organizations and committee meetings or involved in them or more it's from Simmons and Clark Jewelers just doing your part with, with those, those valued organizations? Depending on the organization. So I'm currently on the board of directors at JBS. Okay. So that organization. You know, we have vocational services. We have location in down or, well, Midtown Detroit, as well as a headquarters in Southfield. So that I'm active on the board, uh, though we're about to merge. So I'm going to be joining the advisory board. Plus, I've been on for 10 years. But no, I've been very active in that okay. uh, part of the community outreach program there as well. Uh, you know, trying to put people back to work that have disabilities yep. or, or veterans that were looking for jobs, you know, really good stuff. Even the women at work program is phenomenal. We just had a, a benefit for that uh, for people who've been out of the workforce, trying to get them back in, especially now who we need as many uh, people as humanly possible. Uh, so that at the Detroit Athletic Club, active in the community programs, um, and I'm on the board of directors for the uh, Entertainment District uh, Theater District Association. So you so, just you you just you're busy. You keep yourself busy, challenged, occupied. Right, right. Well, that's uh, there was our we have we have an accountant for our jewelers group who I grew up with, knowing since I was nine years old. Our first year there, and I don't know how we end up getting out of the conversation, especially this you know little nine year old kid, and he said. Um, anybody, you want to give work to somebody who is too busy because they'll always figure out a way to get it yeah. done, right? Or some, something it's, like that. It is the right. You want something to get done, give it to a busy person. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to live with that philosophy. I'm going to throw more some rapid fire questions at you. One that I missed that I have to go back to. So you have this iconic neon sign on the store. Can you just tell people about sort of, I guess, when it first went up and it's just the store and it's been in movie, like the story of that, 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 right. that, that signage. So back in the early fifties, my dad had taken a course with the Joseph Bulova school of retailing and Bulova had a program at that time that had a co-op program where they'd pay for part of the sign and Simmons and Clark would pay for the sign. Okay. So in the night, I think it was 1952 or 53, actually, I think we still have the original invoice for it. Um, they, they developed a sign and we've been maintaining it ever since there was a, there was a smaller sign years before that, which we, I have a couple photographs of uh, that was up there as well, but they, in 52, 53, they upgraded uh, the sign to where we are now. And uh, actually, I'm still waiting for an L to come back, as a matter of fact, because <laughs> uh, the neon went out of it. So we're waiting for that. But yeah, we're, st we're still maintaining it. It is a blast. We know Flickr, it's had over a million hits. Uh, we've been in a bunch of ads for Ford, Chrysler, and GM, or well, Stellantis now. Uh, so we've been in a bunch of automotive ads. Uh, we've been in a few movies as well. They've used our store uh, two or three times for movies. Yeah, it's and a wonderful backdrop. It's just it, it is. 
though we took it a little personal. Um, so four years ago, we completely, what was going to be a renovation of our store ended up being a restoration. So we, Ron Ray designed the new store, We've done tons of restaurants in Detroit and the suburbs, and he really never done jewelry stores before, but we loved and fell in love with them. So we we're going to completely gut the store and start over. And the demo crew's coming in and the guy peels back some cladding. The store had been redone in the 50s and then in the late 70s, early 80s. The demo guy, thankfully, was a genius. Pulls back the cladding, two, two things of cladding, finds the original dark American walnut showcases, pristine. I mean, absolutely like they were just brand new. All we had to do was wipe off the dust. So Ron came down the next day, redrew all the plans, couldn't believe what was there, redid them for free. I mean, real credit to him, he fell in love with the space. And so we, we renovated the store and that's why we're trying to maintain as much of the original as humanly possible. So do you, you're saying sort of design-wise even more that neon sign and its classic nature and the interior kind of tied together? Everything, well, everything molds together beautifully. And then even, so our personality at the store, I'm pretty easygoing person. I'm not a crystal chandelier kind of guy. My family's personality has never been like that. We're just, we want you to enjoy your experience here. No pressure, just come on in. We'll take great care of you. So we found, as I told you about the original ad books from, from your firm. And so we actually scanned in some of the old ads to make chandeliers for the store. So no crystal, but the original ads that talk about World War II bombs. You can win, you oh. can get a free turkey with a purchase. I was going to say, as we record a few days before Thanksgiving in 2021, I, I see the big free turkey. Yep. Free turkey. Luckily, luckily there's an expiration date on it. So thank you know, we don't have to <laughs> now, but but it was just they're fun stuff that we want to maintain the old charm that there is, but we, you know, we're still contemporary, but we're right, old. Right. And when you come in, you really feel it. And that that's the key for us. And so you talked about your father doing the Boulevard School and then that being that sign. So what what do you wear on your wrist as a, as a watch? Well, uh, as a matter of fact. So there. Which is? That is, that is a bolo. Okay. So, yes, it is. Yeah, we've been carrying them since 1925. They're still our biggest, most popular brand. Uh, Longines Whitnauer, we started back like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, were our biggest at the time. But Bolova ended up buying Whitnauer. So that it made it really easy for us. Neat. But the, every once in a while, we'll get a call from them that they saw our ad and some, or they saw their sign and the ad because it still has the Boulevard watches on there and they can't thank us enough. It's the best money they've ever spent for 60, for co- 70 years. Yeah, the free. 50 year co-op run is a, or, and, and, still, and still going. And still going, correct. <laughs> um, you talked about some things that you do, you know, kind of golf and tennis and paddle and other things to, to, get, to get away from the business. Um, you know, any, anything else that you're exploring is like a new skill. I mean, you're, you're, you went to law school, you run this business, you've been on these boards. I mean, is, is a lifelong learner, anything that you're kind of experimenting with playing with right now, you talked about the competitive review on the internet, but beyond that. Right. Um, not really, other than we're, we're 
building, or I should say renovating a home right now. So that's a very new experience for me. That can uh, either be a good escape or not. Okay. Exactly. We're not quite sure yet, but my, my wife and I are still talking, which is great. <laughs> um, but no, we're, we, we see eye to eye on a lot of things, which is great. We've been together uh, 36 years now. So it's been, it's been a great experience and she's very supportive. If she wasn't supportive of Simmons and Clark, I'm not quite sure if we'd be here. So she's been a huge key factor. Actually, she does all our display windows. Okay. That was her background. Uh, so she does all the display windows, the interior displays. So we're putting those in this weekend, as a matter of fact, for the holiday. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, and hopefully traveling to see my girls, which are, as I said, were ones in England, ones in Wisconsin. So hopefully travel to see them at some point. Uh, that uh, when things open up even more, uh, hopefully for all our benefits, that we'll be able to travel a little bit to go see them. I mean, but, do you, you know, with your wife being involved, as you said, your, your kids working in other pursuits. And I mean, do you have meet family business meetings about this business or are you more kind of working with your leadership team at the store and other advisors? I mean, I sound off with them all the time. If I don't, if I don't have a quite grasp on something, whether it's when Instagram had just started, you know, go ask a five-year-old how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, so I went to my girls and said, can you help me with this so I can understand how I might be able to potentially use this? Uh, Facebook, even the same way, they were, they were a little younger. Uh, they really weren't on Facebook. But they grew up with some of those digital things and it brought you into some things. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's been a huge benefit for that. Um, so, I mean, they're definitely sounding boards when we were going to renovate the store. Stacy was with me meeting with the different designers that we met to see who shelled with us, who got our passion mm -hmm. for the store. Uh, I mean, Stacy has a, another full-time, pretty much full-time job working for the Henry Ford Museum at Greenfield Village. Okay. So she's actually their manager for community outreach. So, I mean, that's our family just wants to participate and, and help with those things. Um, so, but she'll find extra time to do these things because she has a passion for it as well. She knows how important this is to me, uh, and she gets it. So it's, it, it's a lot of fun. It's great teamwork, but yeah, mostly without my dad now really don't have that sounding board. But as I mentioned, leading jewelers guild, our members from around the country are great friends. I can call them up with a question if. I don't understand something or can I do this any better or is this vendor any good? Do you like them? So I have great sounding boards around the country, around the world, actually. Wonderful. And I, and, and I mean, you have that buyers killed and the sounding board in this industry and it's, it's a very big industry and a lot of business been around a long time. What outside of the jewelry industry, are there some businesses that you kind of look at as inspirational or, or help educate and inform you on on, on, you know, running Simmons and Clark and leading it into the future? Um, I mean, there are organizations within the jewelry industry. So, you know, I'm glad you didn't ask me what's the last book I read. So please make sure you don't ask me that one. I read well, so many trade magazines, whether online, I mean, right. I mean, like your ad age or automotive, whatever it might be. There are an ornament amount of magazines out there about the jewelry industry whether sure. online or, or paper uh and i'm always reading voracious appetite for those kind of things because i always love to learn 
I know I'm never going to know everything, but I sure want to be ahead of the curve. That's great. And if, if there's a trend, you know, well, I'll call a vendor up who I think has some beautiful things that we've never dealt with. We'll try them out, but ask them questions. I'm never afraid to ask questions. I don't mind listening. I don't have to talk. That's so great. I can listen and learn. And then I've and I've asked everybody since I started this podcast, because it's about generational family businesses, what the most fulfilling thing for you is about Simmons and Clark Jewelers, this generational family business. Um, having your name on the door is actually a lot of fun. I really value and appreciate that. Understand what went before me to allow me to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. But probably, which we, we had even just talked about, the idea that either friends refer or that my, well, in this case, my daughter's friend wants to get engaged, they're coming to me. There's nothing more validating to know that I'm doing something right and I'm portraying that, you know, we'll make every effort, best efforts for you, we'll do everything we can for you. We'll, you know, hopefully get you the best price humanly possible that will create something that you're going to show your love to your partner when yeah. you present them. in this case, an engagement ring. Um, there's nothing better than that. So, and even we attended a friend's wedding who I did his engagement ring and actually met my wife at his wedding. I just attended his son's wedding and I did his son's wedding ring. There's, there's nothing greater than that. It's, yeah. it's an amazing feeling. It's not the sale. It's the, well, sale helps. But <laughs> the idea of helping them, it, it's just wonderful. It's the best. I I, I think that's a, a great place to, um, sometimes these things actually do get wrapped in a box. So to, 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 to wrap it up and, and thank you, Michael Simmons from Simmons and Clark Jewelers. I mean, a generational business that actually then has those stories of serving generations of customers is that, that that's, that's pretty special. Thank you. No, a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienenfeld at SMZ for helping make generation excellence, well, excellent. Until next time, I'm Jamie Michelson. <laughs>